0: about the story that really stood out to me is, it's like when you play with the timelines, but whatever you do, you alter history. So like in the actual Terminator movie, like John Connor is a paradox. If you think about like his existence, it's just one giant paradox and whatever movie you're seeing in um, his existence or his, his destiny, it's based on uh, like variables that don't exist, but yet they have to come in, into fruition for it to happen. Like. Like, Skynet can't be born unless John Connor exists, and vice versa, you know? Like, it, it has, it it's somehow, time and the way it's set up, it has to coexist, you know? You can't have one without the other. But with this book, you have completely different storyline where it's like this, and Cybertronians landed on, those are the enemies, right? Which is what this title was was called, Enemy of My Enemy, right? And the whole idea of Sarah Connor uh, is not as an afterthought, it wasn't even part of the Uh, Terminator's plan to go back in time to kill the samurai.
1: What I found interesting was there was a big plot twist that you don't see until literally Optimus Prime's one of Optimus Prime's final word lines which was let us not be known now as, as Autobots and Decepticons but rather Cybertronians exactly mm-hmm.
0: yeah because they're trying to coexist like find a place like yeah find a, a peaceful of coexistence right
1: and yeah. yet the cybertronians were responsible for uh skynet this time
0: yeah yeah which which kind of is what the the cover kind of shows you like underneath the mask of uh or the helmet of Optimus is a Terminator skull, like. But it's sort of like, again, it's, it's a double entendre where it's like what you're seeing, like maybe like a false face, but it's there's a there's a, there's a double meaning to that image, which is which in the third act, it's revealed to you. So it's uh, I mean we can't reveal that, but like it kind of there's more to more than meets the eye, which is kind of funny to say, but it really is more than meets the eye when you look at the cover of this. Um, what
1: I really loved about it was that it tied to like we said earlier completely into g1
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh and now you're the one okay so like uh, i should go, go back introduce you john so welcome everyone to the pantheon this is a a, a very special addition to our show uh strictly an audio version uh john is uh which we call like og of the podcast uh, we did a show every night I did a show uh, this this actually is a ten year anniversary of when we did our show, uh, and um, John is our go to, our guru or our transformer geek, if you will, of all things transformers. Um, we, whenever we have like questions, John would have to answer to that question, whether it was like the the, the light bridge, John cubes, the, the ninja that happened in one episode, you know, all kinds of stuff. You would probably be the one who could research it and find the the the, the gap of logic or missing pieces of the puzzle and you'd always come through with us and giving us that information now we never went into the um, michael bay movies thank god because the last i know i know you, you you'll defend it to, to the to the hilt but like the last one the last night um no that was i gave up on that one but in general speaking, you knew everything that has to be known about this stuff. And oh, this is a Hasbro toy line, uh, G.I. Joe, uh, Transformers, they're all part of this toy line. And the toy line came first before the cartoon. Am I, am I, correct? Am I right about that? The cartoon. I believe
1: the cartoon came post-toys. Do you believe the toy existed first there too, because we're talking G.I. Joe is almost as old as Barbie
0: that's right yeah G.I. Joe uh, became came out in 64 the actual toy line and I think they designed the cartoon uh, or, or, or yeah there's any kind of like storyline after the fact based on the toys and, uh, and they had like one they had one soldier for every uh, rank, division of military army, Mil- uh, marine, air force so that was really interesting back in the day and there were like 11 inches I think like dolls something like that yeah So uh, this is this was brought to you by IDW and uh, Dark Horse. Uh, Dark Horse is known for doing properties like Predator and Aliens, and IDW is known to take on some Disney products as well as uh, Ghostbusters, Star Trek, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Only in the last year that they lost the rights to all the properties. Uh, Marvel took back um, all their Disney and Star Wars properties, and uh, IDW lost. Transformers and G.I. Joe, which is all Hasbro products, they, they all reverted back to Disney because they bought everything up. But in the last, so as of December 2022, uh, all that pro- IP is gone now. They have sole custody of it. So they can no longer uh, have any kind of, you know, what, what you call stewardship over any of that kind of storytelling anymore, which is unfortunate. But they do have turtles. <laughs> uh, that's kind of power. Yeah. And I think they got, I, I think they also have Star Trek... Uh, Somnick the Hedgehog, and they also have Ghostbusters and My Little Pony. So I don't know how much, you know, movements they can do with that, but there's an audience for it there, and they'll still pump it out. Uh, so the graphic novel came out in december 2021 so it's relatively new uh, it was like a four-part series as a comic book and then they made it into a graphic novel uh one of the best scenes i liked about it was uh, sarah connor and she's calling out to uh to the ark where the ratchet and um real jack is look are located right now and we don't know what's going on and then this phone line to her, we lose the phone line. So it kind of leaves you you on a a cliffhanger. That I like. I like how the story, it feels like you're watching a movie where they leave you on certain cliffhangers. So um, you can say what you will about it being simplistic or or pretty straightforward, but they do have its um, levels of where it kind of builds tension for you and you kind of leaves you hanging, you know? Whether whether she's being chased by, um, what's uh, Soundwave's little dog?
1: oh um ravage
0: ravage right so like she's being pursued by ravage right which is like the smallest transformer but like deadly and uh it leaves you like just suspended to know what's going to happen because we lose communication with her and then we lose communication with the arc. but we don't uh, we as the audience know what, what went on but they don't so you have a multi-tier levels of like well what really did happen they kind of stop it and you don't the, the, you you know what happened, but you don't know who the survivors are or how bad the situation is. And uh, I thought that was really, well, I think the, uh, the, when I say really well, I think the tension and the drama and suspense, that's the word I'm looking for, suspense, is really well crafted in the story. And it's like a, it's a four comic book storyline, but it really feels like it builds little by little. And in the last act, I think it really delivers. And I think the ending um, I, you kind of, I, I was wondering how it it would go back to like the beginning, like how it would tie in with Skynet and all that stuff. And, uh, if you really, if you're not looking at the clues, um, you could be surprised at the ending, but then when you saw what, how, uh, the Terminator, the last act of the Terminator and how he got involved, you're wondering, oh, okay, this, so that's kind of a cool twist to the, uh, final, to the, to the film you know um because when it when it begins it begins in 2029 which if you saw the movie in 84 their future is in 2029 which is which is literally like 5 6 years away now so
1: you better take
0: yeah to commemorate or have some kind of something to commemorate James Cameron's uh, body of work which is like a classic you know uh because the future is is now you know uh which is not that far away um what what did anything surprise you in reading this book? Like was there anything that kind of like you liked the way it went and it went this direction? Is there something that kind of like surprised you or stirred you like with like a red herring that you didn't suspect?
1: Well, for me, I would have thought like um midway through Optimus Prime says that sounds like the work of uh, Megatron mm-hmm. when it was revealed to him about the future of earth and the wars the and skynet and the whole bit so i mean there's there's such a twist at the end regarding the t-800 that gets sent back and i don't want your listeners to uh i don't want to give away to them but omg he is not just hunting for the cybertronians but he becomes a key figure in the, the paradox itself
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh i yeah i was surprised how much they were able to marry so many uh threads that we're familiar with uh with them with this book you know even in bringing in some of the lines like you know like one shall rise one shall fall like certain lines that prime gives Certain, lots, certain lights, a term that gives like, uh, come, with, come with me if you want to live. Uh, it's all in this book. So there's a lot of like uh, go-to familiarities with this not graphic novel that's, uh, so the fans of the IP, whether it's Transformers or whether it's Terminator, you will you will acknowledge, you can acknowledge certain key highlights, you know? Um, that's the thing I like about it. It, it, it connects to certain things that, Heartstrings or memories that you would have of this property. Those who are really good fans of it, or, or just even even the light casual viewer, you know, would would like this stuff. Would would cling on to something like this. Um, and the writing the writing of it was really really well done. Like at least they they had an idea of the fan base and they knew how to cater to the fan base. Um, so what do, you, what do you think of the, the drawings? Because like when I saw the drawings, I, I it doesn't look like Sarah Connor besides the hair because that's how the 80s hair was. And the way they drew the T-800, and they kind of tell you that he has like an Aust- Austrian accent, although it doesn't read that way. Um, what do you think of the artwork?
1: The artwork was actually not too bad. I mean... I'm not a huge fan of graphic novels to begin with, but this one was incredible. But however, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's, I haven't had a graphic novel for, I don't know how long, Mm -hmm. but it seemed like every chapter or every act, if you will, seems like it had a different artist.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and I, d- I
1: mean, like you said, the the drawings of Sarah and the T eight hundred. There was one act in there at least. Don't ask me which one. I forget. But it seemed like the drawings were bang on.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh. Question: to Ask you, what do you think of the character choices? Like, because they use characters. Like that's not that's not necessarily in G one like RC and velocity. These are character female Autobots. So uh, I guess they had li- I guess they get they had the liberties to you know choose and pick what they needed to to use for uh, this particular story. But uh, what was your initial thoughts when you when you were reading those characters being brought into this? Because in as you know in the G one, I mean they're they're next generation characters.
1: Taking into example rc and uh, transformers g1 she wasn't introduced until the animated movie and it was incredible to see her right there in the arc and right part of the initial crew it's like it kind of threw me for a bit of a curveball why is rc on the arc mm-hmm it was just incredibly okay this is a little out of place but i can understand it and then everybody else just seemed to fall into place that's like once i got rc in i'm like okay well these guys must have initially been on the arc and we just never saw them or it was a crossover like initially Going way back into the Transformers G One, we had the cartoon series. Then we had the movie. I I had I had always presumed that somehow Prime had gotten word out to other surviving Autobots on wherever they were. Come to Earth. We're here. We've got a base set up. We've got we've got everything we you need. And that's where I think Arcee and all the others, including, dare I say, some of the Decepticons had come to Earth because of the message. But now knowing that Arcee may have been on the Ark the entire time, it leads me to question, G1, where was she?
0: Right. Yeah. Because that's the thing I was thinking about, too. I'm like, because I'm like, yeah, because I'm thinking I think of when I think of RC, I think of like Cop and Hot Rod and, you know, Rodman's Prime, that whole that whole animated movie. Right. Because that's where that was. And the character Velocity, the a tracker, I think she was a tracker. That was her function. Um, I I even I didn't even know who she was. That's a, a br- to me. That was a brand new character that I'm unfamiliar with. Um,
1: for me, she was. She seemed more like a, a bounty hunter, where either side could have used her services for the right price. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do like at least they had when they when they picked and chose their characters. I mean, you, you you they they went old school. They got the insecticons, which is a, which were like robots that I completely I I remember them. But they, it escaped my memory of how old they go back, like these characters and the whole thing. And then how they use that to invade the the, the Terminators or Skynet in the beginning. So that was interesting. And, and Starscream. So the, the, the thing that I'm nostalgic for, I think, it was the animosity or the betrayal of Starscream and, and uh, Megatron. It was still there. Like You still have that, I was once a leader and I want to take back what's mine. Between like like a deception within the ranks of the Decepticons, so right. so you I like that like they like even though that was one of the underlying themes of the actual cartoon series and even in the movie uh, you have they still they still had that so uh, a lot of that touchstones or familiarities of the past you you kind of get that and and even if you never watched the old stuff like let's say you had no idea you never watched G one series never watched the movies there's at least there's enough uh, like subtext in the story of like uh the characters that are not just cookie cutter like you have a lieutenant who wants to take charge who is who's willing to portray their own leader you know and so there's always a little there's there's always a little subset of uh, stories that you knew can carry on like would make it interesting you know so so when i was mentioning that like, the part with sarah connor there's a part in, this, in the near the third act where like we lose communication with, with her and it's it's like a cliffhanger you also have star screams portrayal or, or intention to portray or or desire to lead and get rid of the leader that they have so you have all these little sub stories and uh so, so someone who's in, uninitiated who's unfamiliar with all this stuff um it's a very juicy story you know it's not just robots versus robots and then the humans who will survive i mean you have it's that is your that is your narrative but there's enough there's enough layering in this uh that they've mined from from the past with this content uh, it really transforms sorry <laughs> it really 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 relates to Uh, the reader who's going to read this stuff.
1: It made me think, once I was finished the novel, uh, Skynet, was he created to defend the humans? And even though they took casualties, obviously, with the initial graphics of uh, Act One, we saw transformer heads on the ground, Whereas in the tr- movies we saw human skulls on the ground, it led me to believe was Skynet created to defend the humans rather than hunt them down.
0: Because Skynet, kind of, even in the movies, Skynet was it is was a military um, defense, right? AI, and then it's like this got to, became self aware, and and so now they have a common enemy, like humans and 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 terminators but rather than it being humans it's an outside third party like form terraforma like uh, force but it, you're hey, right hey. it was kind of but it was cool like how they had the skulls i didn't even pick up on that but you're right all those heads were like were human skulls but now you have like a a, a vast array of like term like robotic uh, limbs and parts. you know uh, and because if you, you
1: look closely enough you'll see prime's head in one of them Oh, really? Huh. You got to look real close, but
0: he's there. Yeah, so I do remember seeing Jazz and Wheeljack and Bumblebee. I remember seeing those body parts lying around at some point in the in the in the landscape. So that was kind of like interesting. Like if you're familiar with some of these uh, characters, what are your thoughts? Like if they had to do a sequel to this, uh, or what would you like to see?
1: Honestly, be it movie, be it. Uh, graphic novel i don't think you can do a sequel to this one this one is one of those rare rare pieces of art where it ties itself up you you can't do a sequel to it because it's the storyline is established it's how it was came to be it's why it's there and the only way you could continue is Armageddon, complete and utter destruction of both sides.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, it's a, it's a elseworld story. Like it's even how it begins is out of it's out of the timeline of what we're familiar with. So you know, because it wasn't humans being hunted, it's Terminators. So right from the get-go, it it starts off on a different plane of existence, and it follows through with that. So you're right. The way it ends too, which I think is a it's a really, it's a really good ending because the ending it's, it's like a paradox the ending is a beginning and the beginning is an end so it's sort kind of like um it's, it's like what's it what's it with the, the tail and the snake because like it's, it's always eating its own snake it's like a vicious loop or whatever there's a you, mm. don't, you don't remember what i'm referring to
1: i know what you're referring to there's no beginning and there is no end it's continues feeding on itself
0: yeah, and and that's what it feels like when you when you read this story. Uh, they may change the origins, and then you may change the destinations, but it's a it's a cyclical um, like sense of events that that perpetuates itself. So wh- whatever you change, it will re- something will happen, and it will repeat itself over and over again. You just change one little thing; it's kind of like uh, the butterfly effect. Something does still happen, and you still have almost the same desired results it's which is like a vicious circle so uh,
1: i'll give you for example terminator 2 judgment day where the uh, destruction of the main cyberdyne building and the the uh, de- destruction of the chip and the remaining t- t-800 pieces that didn't stop uh, skynet from being created Skynet yeah. was created and ultimately came to be in *Rise of the Machines*. The Decepticons that were revived first. I mean, Megatron, if I'm not mistaken, was the first to revive, and then the either he dragged some of the other Decepticons into the re, beam. The scanning beam or one of the other decepticons got scanned and they got dragged megatron into the scanning beam either way the decepticons got revived first and then eventually somehow the scanner refocused on an autobot and they got revived
0: yeah, it's true so, and, uh, and for those who don't know what we're talking about if you watch the very 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 first uh cartoon episode as it shows you how they came to earth and it shows you how they revived so what we were referring to is that there's a, a device that scans vehicles like a satellite dish and it, it parlays that to the arc where that's the ship of the transformers and 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 that's how they're able to reassemble and become formed again uh, and then we have that in this in this book which is really good and you're right yeah because it was uh Uh, megatron who was revived first right at least in
1: the graphic novel yeah
0: yeah so that's interesting that's really good okay uh before we go i just want to mention this uh so as i mentioned at the top john is an old old school an old friend of mine of ours who's done this show many uh many many we've done i think over 180 episodes i think in the seven or eight years we were doing the show prior to the Pantheon. Uh, this summer, and for, this, for the remainder of this summer, up until the fall, I'll be, we're going to be uh, re-releasing some of the highlights of our show as an on, on audio portion of, our, of the podcast so starting in june we'll be discussing tv and film and cartoons and movies marvel as well as regular films so it's a lot of good stuff there uh just the only thing that, that you know is that this stuff is sort of dated so when we talk about sort of stuff it's going to be done uh around the year this thing came out so uh, sorry when i say this i mean the product of whatever we are referring to whether it is Iron Man, which came out in 2008 or whatever it is, we'll be discussing it as if it was just released. So it will be sort of dated uh, in terms of content. But it is quite exciting and we're getting a different kind of spin on it. And also we have three points of views uh, discussing about a whether it's just, just two guys discussing Marvel movies. Um, so with that, uh, thank you, John. And uh, hopefully you'll stay tuned for upcoming shows. Uh, this summer will be littered with some really cool content.